Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. My wife is away on a cruise with her sisters. She left midweek last week, so it's been just my daughter and our dog and myself around the house. Now, I miss my wife when she's gone. We've been married for over 20 years, and we dated for about four years before we got married, so we've known each other more than half our lives. It's not often that one of us will go away for a week without the other, but like I said, my daughter is with me, so it's not like I'm completely without another person around. My wife is one of five girls, and my wife's oldest sister just turned 50, and she wanted all the sisters to go on this cruise together, so that's what they're doing. I've been uh, texting with my wife just about every day since she left, and it sounds like they're having a lot of fun. When my wife isn't on a cruise, she and I work similar shifts, and after work, one thing she enjoys doing to relax is watching television. And there are very few TV shows and films that we both like, so I saw an opportunity while she's been away to watch some movies that I hadn't seen but wanted to. And because for for the last week I've been watching more TV, I haven't been doing a lot of reading. But I, I did make time this past weekend to start Grant Morrison's new novel, Luda, which I got for Christmas. And speaking of novels, and anyone who's listened to this show before will know exactly where I'm going with this. Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. And while there are no ads on this fine weekly program, and there is no Patreon set up for it, I would like to let you know that I am a self-published author with 10 novels currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all 10 of my books in digital format at Google Play. Just search my last name, M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my titles, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, Here's the quirky theme song. This is episode 263 of the greatest podcast you ever heard. People are the enemy. Thank you so much for checking it out, folks. Uh, uh, look, please stop telling people how great this show is, okay? Because there's too many people listening. Sincerely. Look, I'm hoping reverse psychology works because... Because I don't know... I don't know what else to do at this point. <laughs> so maybe if I tell you there's too many people listening... Don't tell anybody about the People Are the Enemy podcast. You will tell people. Or maybe you just like to keep it a secret. You know, some things are cooler as a secret. Now, one thing that isn't a secret is this Glorilla song, FNF, is doing it for me. Have you heard Glorilla? Oh my goodness, listen to this. I love this. This is Glorilla and her producer, Hit Kid. This is the instrumental track. 
Again, FNF, or in parentheses, let's go. I don't dare tell you what FNF stands for. <laughs> you can look it up. And I suggest you do, because it's a lot of fun. I listened to Glorilla's EP today. And uh, it, was, it was something else. She's got a flow. She's quite good. And I watched her in a couple interviews, and I was like, this young woman has got a lot of personality. And she's adorable. And uh, she has star quality written all over her. From Memphis, Tennessee. How many rappers are from Memphis? A lot, I think. <laughs> Don't act like it's not a lot of rappers from Memphis, Tennessee. But, uh, yeah. Can I name any? Shoot! Isn't Yo Gotti? Yo Gotti, I think, is from Tennessee. I couldn't tell you who else. Glorilla. Alright, I'm going to fade this out, or try to fade this out. But yeah, I dig this. Alright, let me see if I can do this gently. Look at me go. Look at me fade. Isn't that nice? Look at that. Boom. How about that? Not bad. Not good, but not bad. <laughs> Folks, it's good to talk to you. It's good to talk to anybody. Like I said, my wife has been gone. You know, I brought her to the airport last Wednesday. I took the day off work, and thankfully I did. That was the day, if you remember, if you looked at the news at all last Wednesday, you saw that all the planes were grounded <laughs> due to some kind of FAA software issue, which is horrifying, you know? Um, but, uh, I mean, when you think about it, but but I guess after after uh, some research was done, it was just some kind of software update? Gosh. <laughs> Needless to say, it was a hell of a day. It seemed like... Every hour, my wife's scheduled flight was changing times. Initially, it was earlier in the day, and it kept getting pushed out further and further, and I thought, my my God, it's a good thing I took the day off work for this, because, shoot, I, I would have just, you know, had to be out at one out of work at one time and find out that it's another time, and then it got bounced back again, and ultimately, it was much later in the afternoon, her flight was, than, uh, than I'd originally, and we'd originally thought. And my daughter went with me to drop... Uh, her mother off at the airport, and uh, we met up with my sister-in-law there, who was going. Obviously, uh, as I mentioned, it was my—it's my wife and her four sisters on this trip. And uh, one thing I had with me was a Starbucks gift card that I was uh, gifted uh, by my boss. Thank you, boss. By the way, if, she, if my boss is listening, uh, <laughs> and it was right around my coffee time. I'm, I'm a ritualistic person. Around 3 p.m., it's coffee time for me, and I, I love to have a coffee around 3 p.m. And I thought, well, I'm I'm here. Maybe there's a Starbucks. You know, it's a, it's an airport. There's a there's certainly a Dunkin' Donuts because I live in New England, and you can't swing a dead cat. Pardon me for the cat lovers. I'm a cat lover. How about this? You you can't um you can't swing a <laughs> <laughs> you can't swing a... Shoot, what can we swing instead of a... You can't swing a Fender guitar. I'm looking at a guitar. <laughs> Without hitting a Starbucks, because this is New England. But, uh, yeah, so I thought to myself, well, maybe I could, I, I could find a Starbucks here. And I see a sign for Starbucks after we drop our, uh, my wife off. You know, at the, and say goodbye. We, you know, we, we give her a hug and tell her we love her and we're going to see her when she gets back, which is this coming week. Thank God. Because <laughs> I miss her. Um, and I see a sign for Starbucks and, uh, and, uh, I say, well, we got to find out where the Starbucks is. So first I, I try asking somebody who's cleaning up there and, and, uh, I, I didn't think this gentleman spoke English at all. Didn't understand what I was trying to ask him. But then another gentleman is walking by and he's got a Starbucks lanyard and he's wearing, you know, the shirt with the, uh, the Starbucks, uh, uh um, you know, the corporate logo on it. 
And I stopped him and I said, pardon me. I said, uh, you work at Starbucks? And he said, yes. I said, in this airport? And he said, yes. And I said, can you direct me to it? And he said, it's actually, it's, it's in the terminal. So you have to be on a plane in order to be able to get to and use the Starbucks. So it was literally like beyond like after you go through the the uh, NSA clearance and could you know you're waiting to get on the plane you could get yourself a Starbucks but those those are the only folks that could get it and uh, he said he said if you, all you have to do is just go right through there and you, you know right before you get on your plane you can get your Starbucks and I said well that's a problem I'm not getting on a plane and uh, he said oh well then you're you're out of luck and I said but you can go to Starbucks right and uh, and he said uh, yeah. I work there. And I said, yeah, well, I've got this gift card. <laughs> so at this point, this poor gentleman is probably on his break and he's trying to hit, get to the escalator so that he could go do whatever he has to do uh, on his break. And I'm harassing him, trying to get him to get me a, a, a Starbucks on the other side. So I, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Fortunately, my daughter's there and she's like pulling on my jacket and saying, dad, 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 don't bother. Don't bother. We'll get it. We'll go somewhere else. <laughs> I felt ridiculous. I said, "You know, I said it's all right." I said, "Don't worry about it." And he said, "All right, okay." And he went downstairs, and my my daughter did not let me forget that I harassed a a stranger and tried to get a, a poor guy on his his uh, coffee break coffee break at Starbucks. I don't know. I don't vape break maybe. You know, I figured if he's getting a coffee, he could have got one there. I'm guessing vape break, pee break, whatever he was doing. Uh, but uh, yeah, tried to bother him to get me a Starbucks coffee. Um, not cool. Not cool at all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I'm, I'm an obsessive kind of person. Like, I shouldn't say obsessive. I'm a compulsive kind of person. So when I look at the clock and I say, it's getting to be three o'clock. I, I need I need a coffee. It's it's that time. So, but if I'm a little late, it, it just had to be. So I, yeah, what I did was I, my daughter and I drove and we went through, we went through a, uh, a we went through a Starbucks and I used my gift card and I got her something that looked delicious. I think it was called a pink drink, or she called it a, a pinky drinky, <laughs> something like that, some kind of strawberry tea. It looked amazing, and it smelled really good, and I got myself my coffee, and uh, it must have been something in that tea, or something like, because come Saturday, when I woke up Saturday morning, something, uh, you know, that smell memory, um, I woke up Saturday morning, and I just, I wanted a smoothie, something awful, like, I just like, oh man, like, I, and it was cold, man, I live in New England, the streets were frozen Saturday morning. We got rain like most of the day Friday. And in Saturday morning, I, I couldn't even walk the dog our entire walk. I was sliding, man. The dog doesn't care. She see your paw seemed to be able to take whatever whatever's underneath it. You know, she could she can hack it. Probably because of those claws. But yeah, man, I so I had to turn myself around because the, the ice was wicked, you know? Uh, but uh, I got home and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh man, I feel, I just feel so down in the dumps. Like, you know, like I, I get sad, you know, especially like, you know, my wife's gone. I love my wife. And, and one thing I, I've been, uh, one thing I do is I have breakfast with her every morning. That's something we do together. You know, it's nice. You know, we spend some time together, you know, it's not long, but, uh, we, we hang out, we talk, we catch up, we look at what's, what's happening in the world and we look at our social media and, uh, you know, it's a nice time to, to connect and be together. And yeah, man, I was missing her Saturday morning, and I was down in the dumps, man, and I just thought to myself, I bet what will fix this is a uh, uh, <laughs> high-calorie drink, like a smoothie. So I ended up going to, I ended up just being very careful, <laughs> because again, it was very icy out. I took my wife's car, whose key I broke this week, by the way, you might have seen that if you follow me on Twitter. I, uh, I, think, that, I think that literally happened like the day after 
uh, I brought my wife to the airport. I put my key in her ignition. Oh, Jesus, this sounds like an R. Kelly song. <laughs> I put her key in her ignition. How's that? That's a little better. It's true. I put her key in her ignition, turned it, and the damn thing broke. And it's not like one of those, like, it's not like my key. My car is like, you know, my car is like over 17 years old, you know? Mikey is just like a piece of metal. It's very replaceable, but she's got a be much better car than I do. And it's sort of like, you know, it's got the plastic with the button on it, the buttons. <laughs> I sound like, I sound like, I sound like I'm, I'm 78 years old. I just, my car is very, very old. When I step into a new car, it's like stepping into like a time machine for me or a spaceship. It's like, what is this? There's no key? What? What is this? This little... <laughs> What is this little plastic doodad? That's all I need? It just needs to be near the car? Really? I just push a button? <laughs> is this thing going to take off? Oh my gosh, this is incredible. Do I need a license, a different license to drive this thing? There's a whole other operation here. No, so yeah, my wife's got a much better, much nicer car, therefore much nicer key. So fortunately, I had a backup because the, the metal broke off in the lock. I was able to get the, the metal out. And I still, and the, the plastic fob, I guess you'd call it, uh, was still able to, you know, unlock and lock the door. So that was good. But I had to, you know, I had to use like a, a generic key that we had, like a spare, to, to get the car going and, and get myself there. But I did get my strawberry, uh, I did get my strawberry, what I had to get was a culotta. Because it was like 9 a.m. and I'm the only fool drinking a frozen cool, strawberry culotta at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, I'm sure. It's not a thing that they have too many requests for. Regardless, it hit the spot. It literally did. Uh, I, I sat there, I drank it, and I told myself, you're going to feel better after you drink this. You're going to be a little little more pep in your step. You're going to be a little happier. You're going to move on with your day. It's going to be a good day. It, yeah, it did. It worked out okay. Everything worked out all right. Oh, shoot. What else can I tell you? Yeah, man. So I was feeling down. I, I you know, if only because I, I, miss, I, miss, I miss my wife, but... Uh, Oh, man. You know what I had to do yesterday? Holy crap. What a day that was. I had to go with my mom. I was, I just like, you know, this is something I basically had to screw together my patience for. My mother has very little patience. <laughs> and she's very hard of hearing. And she wanted me to take her to the Verizon store because uh, she has a, a 30, get this, 30-year-old cell phone. It's like a brick. And... What's happening is they're changing over their network and that phone will no longer operate on that network. So she needs a new phone and she uh, she needs to she needed a whole new a whole new deal and a whole new plan and everything. So so we go to Verizon together and it's like I'm her translator. You know what I mean? <laughs> Standing there with a young man who's very soft spoken, super sweet person. Um and very helpful, by the way. Like, there was like a 15-minute wait. My mom, again, has no patience. After like 10 minutes, she says, maybe I just don't need a cell phone. <laughs> like, she was ready to just like, get up and leave the store. And I said, all right, mom, we'll do whatever you want. And I'm sitting there, you know, with her in this Verizon store. And again, I'm her translator. Every time I have to say to her, I have to speak very loudly and very close to her ear. And this this young man was so helpful. It's so patient. But everything he said, I had to basically then repeat to my mother. And I, I told this guy the simplest terms. I said, this is what we need. Uh, this is what's happening. She only uses the phone for travel. She doesn't need anything fancy. She just wanted something that she could call on. She didn't want, she didn't want a, um, she didn't want a, a smartphone. She wanted a clamshell model, you know, and they have, the, believe it or not, still at this Verizon store, three clamshell models. I keep saying Verizon. They're not paying me, by the way. <laughs> 
Nobody's paying me, by the way. If you buy a book, that's how I get paid. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're there. We're there for probably, all told, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. But uh, they were wonderful. And, and this is, I'll tell you what, man. Like, I didn't expect it. I thought to myself, man, just please, please don't jerk us around. Like, please don't jerk us around. Because, you know, it would have been hard to explain to my mom if there were complications. But there weren't. They were very, very, very helpful and very patient. And they said, they said, we're going to keep your mom on her plan, which is amazing because my mom's plan, get this, this is how much she pays for cell phone use, okay? Because again, it's a 30-year-old plan that she got through her, the last job that she had before she retired. $15 a month, one five. <laughs> Can you imagine? She's got a $15 a month cell phone bill. They let her keep it. They did. And they said, they said, we're going to give your mom the phone for free. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> So, so my mom's getting a new phone, clamshell phone, to replace the brick, and they're going to send it to her this week, and uh, God, I hope it's loud enough for her to hear through, because, because that's one thing she was worried about. We didn't get to test it or anything, you know, we were looking at the model on the floor, and I just picked the one with the biggest buttons, you know, the most obvious, you know, like, uh, a send call and, and, and uh, terminate call, you know, it's, and the buttons on the side, you know, for the volume and everything, and I just thought, jeez, I hope this thing is loud enough for my mom. Holy moly. Anyway, my wife comes back this coming week. I'm very, very happy that she will be coming back. Um, let's see. There was one more thing I wanted to, 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 to play for you before we say goodbye. I thought this was fun. Uh, this is Regis Philbin. Uh, you remember Regis and Kathy Lee back in the day. And uh, he's talking to a, to a, a punk rocker, a girl. <laughs> this is from 1986 when Regis Philbin and Kathy Lee Gifford had a daytime afternoon talk show. I think Regis does the, the talking here, and he's speaking with a young woman, a New York punk girl called uh, Natalie, named Natalie, about uh, about punk culture. It's kind of fun, because uh, Regis was trying. He was trying to learn, and uh, Natalie did a pretty good job defending the scene. <laughs> Again, this is from 1986. Punk rock uh, young woman uh, named Natalie uh, on a show with Regis and Kathy Lee, and there are other people there too on the panel. There's other punk rockers, but uh, Natalie does the bulk of the talking. So I thought this was fun. Check this out. Here it is. I'll tell you who posted this as soon as I play the clip. I want to know why, why you chose this lifestyle. Let's start with you, Natalie. Why? Why not? No, I mean... Other than that. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's into their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's some people who are into heavy metal, some people are into being junior executives. We're into this just because... This, this scene gives you the opportunity to be an individual and you get to say what you want to say and do what you want to do. And if anyone disagrees with you, they can come up to your face and tell you so. Instead but, of, you but know, David, you know when they write about it, the writers always say this was born out of a frustration that uh, you guys had somewhere along the way with yeah, your parents, with your family, with Superman. How did they I know these experts keep writing all these stupid books and having these stupid and talk shows. Lots of money. Like Phil Donahue had this ridiculous show on. I'm sorry, Phil, but you really blow. And uh, all he did was, all he did was put words in our mouth. He kept coming up and going, you hate your parents, right? You hate your parents. You're all fascist Nazis, right? Right? And we're like, where are you getting this from, Phil? Well, yeah. He's getting it from the same place we get it from, but, from what we read about. Well, where do you read these things? Well, well New York Magazine. Oh okay, let's God. start with that. That was uh, just out a couple months ago. Peter Blonder should not be allowed to write for Bazooka Bubblegum Comics. <laughs> guy's completely incompetent journalist. Well, then tell me where it comes from, because it is kind of an eccentric way of life. You know what it is? These people get these ideas. All right, we're going to do this great story on, on this, like, bizarre cult. 
right? And they go down to bars and they, they eavesdrop in on conversations and then they don't even print the whole truth. What they do is pick the most sensational, they you know, stories, sex, drugs, orgies, you know, I mean, like, the whole article is supposed to be on the music scene, and he ends up writing about my sex life. Who cares about my sex life? I do. <laughs> there you go. Creepy Regis. Uh, I thought that was quite good. I listened to that a few times, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, Natalie was uh, pretty cool uh, talking about the scene. Again, 1986. And uh, I guess punk was, you know, punk was pretty huge by the, the mid-80s for sure. I mean, obviously it was it was big in, in America before that, but uh, I'm sure it was uh, a little more obvious by the mid-80s. So that was cool. Anyway, I am going to hand things off now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. Tavy and Mary, I appreciate your comments. And uh, just thanks for going along with catching up on those 1970 tunes with me. For the uh, 70s this week, Sirius XM played the show, AT40 show, from January 7th of 1975. Starting out at number 92, we have Sister Sledge with Love, Don't You Go Through No Changes on Me. And 92 was as high as that would get. Uh, that was off of their first album, Circle of Love. And Sister Sledge were from Philadelphia. They were four sisters. And they were literally teenagers when they released this album. Uh, one in college and the younger three still in high school. And they had had a few non-album singles before this, which didn't chart. This was their uh, first charting single. And they would go on to have the big hits, He's the Greatest Dancer, and of course, We Are a Family. Um, so it was just kind of fun to hear this earlier song from them. Uh, back in 75. At number 86 is I Feel Sanctified by the Commodores, and that was down from a peak of number 75. This was the third single off of their first album, Machine Gun, and that title song has been featured here before. Um, this one is very funky, and the band formed uh, as freshmen at Tuskegee University in Alabama, and they're a band that obviously changed their sound kind of as they went along. So it's interesting to compare a song, you know, like Still with something earlier like this. But I think, you know, their talent really uh, shown throughout their run of albums. At number 80 is Don't Call Us, We'll Call You by Sugarloaf. That would go on to make it to number nine. And they had an earlier hit, Green-Eyed Lady. And this one was uh, somewhat humorous about the music biz. And I remember this being a big one on 70s Saturday Night on Star 102.5. Um, I read on Wikipedia that there was a prank in the song, which if you listen, there's a push button phone being pressed and the touch tones were actually a telephone number at CBS Records, which had just turned them down. And on the track, there's an imitation of Wolfman Jack done by DJ Ken Griffin. But then when the group appeared on Midnight Special hosted by Wolfman Jack, he did the line Stereo 92 uh, himself. At number 78, we have Maria Moldauer with I'm a Woman. This would make it to number 12. And you may know Maria Moldauer from her big hit Midnight at the Oasis. The song was written by the legendary songwriting duo of Lieber and Stoller. And the original was performed by Peggy Lee. The lyrics seem kind of humorous and satirical again. Um, almost feels like, uh, as she's describing herself, like a tall tale type of character, like a Paul Bunyan. There's other songs that have come along that have kind of tried to be like this, like 
Redneck Woman and Kelly Clarkson had one that was a lip sync for your life song and just they don't they don't do it for me. This is this is the one. And I was for some reason I was thinking Julia Louis Dreyfus sang a little snippet of this on Seinfeld as Elaine, but she really just says because I'm a woman and then kind of does a little va va voom move. But if you look at the cover photo on this album, there's somewhat of a resemblance of between Maria and Julia. At number 68 is BB King with his song Philadelphia. That might get a couple more spots to number 64. This was the first single off of his 23rd album, which was entitled Friends, and that was recorded in Sigma Sound Studios in Philadelphia. So that was written by producer-songwriter Dave Crawford. And when I read the title, I thought, oh, that's cool, we get another song uh, for Philly. But then I did remember that there is a Philadelphia, Mississippi, and B.B. King is from Mississippi, but then once I learned where it was recorded, it sort of all fell into place, so... At number 65 is Can't Get It Out of My Head by ELO. Now go on to hit number 9. This is the first single off of their fourth album, El Dorado, which is the one with uh, Dorothy's Ruby Slippers from The Wizard of Oz. And I read on Wikipedia this was their first concept album and also the first album where Jeff Lynne had hired an orchestra to play it on the record, as opposed to doing overdubs later. At number 62, we have Styx with the song Lady. And this was their second single released. Um, it was their first top 40 hit. And it had been released on their album Sticks 2, which was on the Wooden Nickel label. Actually, their first four albums were all on that label. And then the single was released in 73 in September. And it just didn't really go anywhere. And then uh, you know, over a year later, a DJ from WLS station in Chicago, Jim Smith, had got a hold of it and started playing it for his show and it really just took off from there becoming a local hit and then nationally and then that got Sticks signed to a new label A&M and they would go on to be much more successful. At, uh, finally from the 70s this week if you've ever wanted to know what the Guess Who, Frank Zappa and Barry Manilow have in common is that they all wrote and recorded songs called Dancing Fool and that's with the apostrophe folks. This one is a fine song. It's, you know, a fun little one from Get the Guess Who, but I really wanted to include it for that uh, odd music fact. The Frank Zeppelin one was from 79, and the Manilow was from a musical that came out in 94, but originally had been done in 88 as part of a TV special. Moving on to the 80s, our chart this week is from January 4th of 1980, making it the very first chart in that decade. And of note, I wanted to mention that Rapper's Delight entered the top 40 as of this chart at number 37. I'm go on to peak at number 36. And I recommend watching the drunk history about Rapper's Delight. Colton Dunn narrates. And you can also fill in the other details with the Wikipedia page. I would get into it more here. There's, it's a really interesting story. So getting into the picks, at number 100 is Message in a Bottle by The Police. This is the lead single from their second album, Regatta de Blanc. It was the first UK number one for the police, but it only made it to 74 in the States. Um, I kind of first became a fan of it from playing it on Guitar Hero. I guess I didn't really appreciate it before. So that proves that video games can be used for good. At number 83 is the group Molly Hatchet with their song Flirtin' with Disaster. That would make it to number 42. And this was the third single off of their second album which is of the same name. After this, they had three other appearances on the Hot 100, but this was their first charting single and the highest. 
if you could have asked me when that song came out, I could have guessed any year between 75 and 85, probably. It, with that, you know, the Southern rock sound had been around for a while, and uh, other than like, you know, the maybe cleaner production technique from being from 79. But I might get made fun of for this one, but I really like it. It's just a fun time. Probably is going to show up in some, you know, Adam Sandler grown ups movies. Who knows? At number 78, we have a group called Dollar with their song Shooting Star. They were a UK vocal duo, male female, that was not a couple. It was David Van Day and Teresa Bazaar. This was their only US Hot 100 appearance. They were much more successful in their homeland of the UK. If you're not quite feeling this one, I have to say listen to it in the car, because when I heard it in the car, I really liked it. I thought it really sounded good. Uh, that made it to number 74. At number 67, we have Dan Fogelberg with his song, Longer. And I'm probably going to lose some of you on this one. Dan Fogelberg was a singer, songwriter, and guitarist from Illinois. He had 11 top 40 singles and four made it into the top 10. This one is number two. That was his highest charting song. You know, if, you, if you're not into this type of music, at least give this one a shot. I think it's really his best song. So it, sometimes it doesn't always work out that their best song is their most successful. But I think that is the case here. Even for me, as recently as like 2016, they did a little bit on Never Not Funny about some of his songs, and I just was like, Jimmy, what are you doing here? But then, you know, a couple years ago, it just kind of clicked clicked for me with this guy. Um, I admittedly have not done a deep dive, but just, you know, some of the singles I really can enjoy. At number 23, Hall and Oates, or Daryl Hall and John Oates on the chart with their song Wait For Me off of the Ecstatic album. But I'm switching that out with the song Portable Radio which uh, was released as a single but didn't chart. I came to know it from the Yacht Rock web series, episode two. And it's just a lot of fun, very up-tempo. And it was also covered by the South African all-female band, Clout. Ridiculous to me this didn't chart, to be honest. It's just a lot of fun. And finally, this week at number one is Please Don't Go by Casey and the Sunshine Band. This was the second single from their sixth album, and it was their first ballad. And this song has the distinction of being the first number one of the 80s. And it replaced Escape, the Pina Colada song, by Rupert Holmes. So it's maybe a little bit symbolic of we're saying please don't go to the 70s as we're being pushed into the 80s. You may know this one. Uh, I first came across this song in the cover version from 1992 by the group KWS. It was a big hit in the summer and the fall of 92 in the States. Casey and the Sunshine Band didn't return to the top 40 until 1983 with their song Give It Up. But at the same time as this Please Don't Go was in the chart, Just KC had a duet with singer Terry Desario called Yes I'm Ready. Well, that's all the time I have this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. You know, Rachel mentioned uh, listening to a song in the car and enjoying it more. Music sounds good in a car, right? I once heard, of all people, James Hetfield from Metallica say that. Music sounds good in a car. And at night, I find. I don't know why that is. Music sounds better at night. This has been episode 263 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers, both paperback and ebook formats, for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.